I know we were talking about home last time, but I was also I was considering the word place related to home. Mm. And uh, one of the things we're experiencing with the we're experiencing a lot of displacement. You know, the uh, the stimulus assistance to people you know who are out of work is starting to dry up. Right. And uh, not a lot of eviction notices going out to people. A lot of people getting displaced by this situation. Right. It's another another situation in the world that just displaces people. Yeah. You know, Alana and I were talking about, you know, everything that's going on, with especially with COVID, but uh, also the politics. Yeah. And we just, I said, well, you know, I think we need to look at this as, as another natural catastrophe. Ah. Uh, like yeah. a hurricane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, of course, there's always displacement with a natural catastrophe. Sure. Yeah, it upends, upends the order of where what people's place is, that's for sure. I was uh, listening to a person on NPR being interviewed. I can't remember who was interviewing me, but they were talking about, you know, how climate change is displacing people hand over fist. Oh, yeah. And that uh, the numbers will get pretty huge in the next five or ten years unless we do something about tide control, that sort of thing. Figuring 800, 800 million people being displaced. And, of course, the impact that that has on not only where they're displaced from, but where they, they get displaced to. Sure. In the case of coastal areas, there's a very uh, unmeasured Maybe hard to estimate impact on inland cities. People moving away from shoreline because of the increasing water. Right. You know, I saw there was a special part of um, 60 Minutes a couple of years ago that talked about different environmental stuff. And they, there, John Dickerson had a great story uh, that he covered about Venice and about what's happening with the flooding in Venice. Yeah. And um, it recently won an award for environmental reporting because it talks about you know that they they have systems that they're trying to put into place to stop some of the flooding. And um, the systems that they're putting into place are designed to stop flooding three or four times a year. <laughs> but that's not mm. going to do the trick. Yeah. Because the flooding's coming every week now, or whenever the moon is full, or whenever, you know, the tides yeah. come up. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, their big project is um, going to have to be rethought. And, of course, that's only one city, and it's uh, yeah. we, care about it be- we care about it because it's Venice. But, sure. uh, you know, have you been anybody- there? No. I was there on one occasion, uh, like 1994 or five, something like that. And uh, it was, it's a little spooky. You know, you're walking along and you walk into these wonderful old homes with, if you go up the stairs, but uh, to the second level, and there's, you know, murals, artworks, I mean, just wonderful places. But the ground level, of course, there's nothing in it because, you know, you could, the water level is like up on the wall. Right. And it, it's very, very scary, you know, in a sense. You feel kind of unsure of your footing, yeah, <laughs> going up those, sidestepping around these things to a staircase that gets you up to the second floor. And to be in, to be in the middle of a city that's basically sinking relative to the water is a very interesting place. Yeah, yeah I bet. So there's place in, with, you know, Venice to us is a fabulously beautiful art mm-hmm. center and, um, you know, these beautiful old bridges and architecture and yeah. artwork. Of course, not like you say, not on the first floor. And so we have a sense of place that comes from what people have done there and what they've established there. And Yeah, the life print of the people who've lived there all this time. And it's history because it was a crossroads trading crossroads between different parts between east what was east in the sense of middle east and and europe so there's a there's such a richness of multicultural influences there uh-huh. that's something certainly 
no one would want to lose. We wouldn't want to lose it in any regard. But the same situation afflicts, you know, this small village in Alaska where the Inuit people are, who've lived there for thousands of years are being displaced inland and literally having to take their houses apart, take them inland, rebuild them. It's a bigger experience than we normally think about it as when we see, kind of, you know, read these things in the news. Well, yeah, and then, of course, there are the Pacific Island people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marshals are being flooded as we speak and any number of other shallow atolls. And, of course, it's uh, coming closer to home these days because you, you've probably seen some of the film footage of Miami Beach. Yeah. Every time, every time the full moon passes over, there's three or four streets nobody can go out in because they're three foot deep in water in, their, in the neighborhood they live in. I saw, I think it was a magazine article, uh, you know, how do you sell real estate in Miami now? <laughs> but, you know, they, they actually do. I don't know. <laughs> these guys can do anything, these super salesmen. Yeah, it'll be, beach, it'll be beachfront in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the points that they made was that, you know, it's, it isn't even the house because you can build a house on stilts or you can do things. But, you know, how are you going to get to where you want to go? You can't, there's no, you can't drive your car out onto the street. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll have, uh, maybe we'll have like Miami Venice. Yeah, yeah, maybe this place to compel someone to leave home or leave their country to move or put out of the usual or proper place, to take the place of, as in fiction displaces fact, except on news reports, <laughs> yeah. to replace or to supplant, take the place of, replace or supplant, to remove from position or office or dignity, to remove from dignity, and an obsolete meaning to rid oneself of. So, I mean, I think it's important to talk about place when you talk about displacement, because this, the place has a lot to do with people's identity and the sense of who they are, like well, you said, the Inuits, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, it's le that sort of thing is less so for, um, you know, modern cosmopolitan folk than it is for indigenous people. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, they're very, place is important to them. Yes, go ahead. The experience of displacement is still just as jarring because you know you you establish something and you have a sense of a, you've established where you are, and then suddenly you have got to uproot all that. Yeah, you've invested time and energy. I mean, whether you're creating great murals or whether you're just simply living your life and going to work, doing your job, and you're defining yourself in a way by what you what you do, where you're from, and a displacement kind of has tentacles, I would imagine, that kind of reach into all of that. When I'm displaced, who am I really? Uh -huh. I'm displaced. What's become of what I've done here? Yeah, place and identity get tied up together. And, and so it's unsettling. Very. Yeah, so things that are settled are like accounts that have closed. And then the IRS comes along and they open the accounts again to audit them. And then you're unsettled. Yeah. Exactly. Or this is a, a much more severe version of that. And so, so to be displaced is to be unsettled. You're not, there's, um, there's no comfort. Yeah. There's no, there's no, a lack of, you know, confidence in well-being, of course. And even a, a kind of, as we were talking, a kind of a sense of, sense of identity. I have nothing left except myself. I'm completely displaced from the things I've lived around, lived with, invested in. And so we have a situation where if you're identified strongly with place, the dimensional place, then you're certainly vulnerable to situations like COVID. And I know it's, I don't want to sound 
sort of philosophical to the point where I don't rec recognize it. If you're displaced from your home with your family because of the loss of your job, and it works a number on your sense of identity, you fail to maintain your family. If you're, if you're the, the breadwinner, the protector, I was unable to maintain the place, my place. Yeah, it's a catastrophe. Yeah. Right, so we, we need to take that into account when we think about trying to understand the ontological perspective on things. Yeah, so maybe just kind of looking at some of the words we've kicked around in this displacement thing, we need to kind of see them from, uh, you know, their, their, abs their, their abstract side. So we have, we have the idea of uh, our comfort being tied to place and are subject to, you know, disruption of places disrupted. Comfort has to do with your, how, you, how secure you feel in whatever situation you're in. Comfort is not a place, not a third-dimensional place. Comfort is a frame of mind. And if it's, if it's limited by the fact that it has to be supported by physical place, then it's certainly vulnerable. But if it's understood as how you interpret your situation, from what attitude do you interpret your situation? Because there are a lot of people who are displaced from what, where they were living, what they were doing, who have also worked at things in a flexible, creative way and may, are able to maintain their sense of well-being by changing, by adapting to change. But that's, that's, that's mental. That's an abstract consideration of comfort, not tying it to a dimensional location. Obviously, the knowledge of how to do these kinds of things is important, but that's what we're, we're here about because we're in the business of spreading ontology. Yeah, and maybe it's a good it's a good reminder at this point to just understand that when we talk about getting to the abstract nature of the word place, the reason that we're doing that is to get to understand the thing about place that does not change. Right. Because it's so many things can change your sense of place. You could you could have a beautiful sense of place about a about somewhere where you are, and the the plot next door gets bought, and somebody puts an office tower up in front of it, and so your sense of place is completely you know at subject to these circumstances. Sure. And so I think that for our purposes, we need to be clear that we want to understand that about place which doesn't change, that which. Is, stays with us all the time, and that is de dependable and reliable. Yeah, and that, that, that's and that's a an exercise in re-identifying certainly to get at the idea behind place as something that limits your concept of yourself and your abilities. To get behind that, to look at the essential the essential self that you are, and try to understand that that which doesn't change about you, that which doesn't isn't subject to the vulnerabilities of rising tides and stuff, that which is so of you, your essence or your being, is always present. Not only is it always present, your being, your essential self, is never restricted because there is no place that is not being. And the being that is ever present is your being. And a person who understands this has a sense of inner stability, almost, I'd be willing to say, a sense of inner comfort or assurance that what he or she is is an unlimited, ever-present, changeless, formless awareness, because to be is to be aware. And an unlimited, ever-present, formless awareness is where resides all answers to seeming challenges that may be posed to the expression of this beingness as an individual. You know, in a way, it's, it's a person who has found their place and knows their place. Yeah. The old saying is, well, you should know your place and blah, 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 meaning uh, don't get uppity. 
Uh-huh. And uh, but this kind of knowing your place is to know the eternal nature of yourself. And and um, if you know the eternal nature of yourself, then suddenly a whole bunch of things that seem threatening take a different aspect. Yeah, they they become they, they may have, there may be challenges there, but they they look completely different because of the certainty with which you regard them, certainty of understanding your real self and the unlimited the unlimited ability it is to deal with anything that arises. From that frame of mind, anything that arises is an interpretation or a perception, a way of seeing. The ability to see it as a way of seeing, that's a, that's a sense of yourself that's never going to be overwhelmed by a particular way of seeing. That looks like a house going away or a piece of my identity going away. Yeah. And so yeah, so, so the admonition from the elder who said, you, you need to know your place, it's got an element of truth in it <laughs> once you really do know your place then then suddenly your your vulnerability gives way to an entirely different range of ways you respond to things in the world you know there's one piece of this that i think is kind of uh nuanced and um, it's because i think i come from a tradition that is very individualistic uh-huh. i have a personal story of my own but i think it's more effective right now to share the story of the young woman who was in Lebanon when they had that huge explosion there in, 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 uh, at the port. Yeah. And um, there was a New York Times story about it, and this woman described, I mean, she was a stranger there. She didn't know anybody. And uh, the people who were there took care of her. I don't have the quotes at hand, but it was, it's a very compelling story. And so, you know, I see that as an example of the same thing as we mentioned about the thinking of things as a natural catastrophe. And in these situations, what you find is that your identity as an individual is challenged by all these circumstances. And yet, your identity as a member of a community or as as a member of something greater than yourself Uh actually takes on a different, it takes on a stronger dimension because the way that you are connected to other people comes through really strongly. Yeah. So in that sense, place is... It's it's a relationship issue, where where you're where you're standing in the community, where you're standing in relate in, in in a situation that's larger than just yourself. Yeah, you know there are people who cannot accept help from other people, and there's I think those people are really um, in a situation like this they can be really challenged because the, their their sense of identity doesn't allow them to be part of something larger that. And, and allow themselves to receive the help that they need. This we got to be clear here. We're, I'm not talking specifically about what's going on today in America. I'm just talking generally, very in an abstract right. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the people that cannot accept help from others are, are sort of stuffing up the gearbox of their own sense of place, and is and are stuffing stuffing up the gearboxes of people around them. You know, by frustrating their, I think, very natural desire to want to help. It's been said that one of the main ingredients of our ability to survive on the planet, now we hear, hear it all the time about our, our survival had to do with, you know, developing a, a sort of a fear-aggression complex. It's always, you know, measuring things based on, am I going to eat this thing or is this thing going to eat me? But the aspect that they realized has been, one writer suggested this, that rather than just fear-aggression, the quality that has really allowed us to survive on this planet in hostile times is basically a sense of altruism. That our natural place was in relation to other people. The most fundamental place that was that we could count on included others. 
Yeah, yeah that's a different way of um, seeing yourself. You see, I think that's what I was trying to get at. It's, it's, it's a different, it's yourself you're seeing uh, <laughs> when, you do, right. when you do that. Right. A lot to be chewed on here. Yeah. So let's, um, let's pause at this moment, but let's kind of keep this word place. Let's kick it around a little bit and talk about it again. Yeah, sounds good.